everybody. It's Screens on Screens on Screens. Screens on Screens on Screens. That's right. And I'm Jay. And I'm Mary. This episode is all about Thanksgiving, autumn, food, just like a catch-all of this season that we're in right now. Everybody's favorite season. Absolutely. It's sweater season for many people. Yes, it is. And there's a hope of uh, holidays and getting together with family, Christmas, New Year's. I love it. Oh, yeah. And we're in denial about other things going on and we need a nice distraction. (laughs) We do. We need a few weeks where we can just, you know, eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. Exactly. And I eat, drink and I'm merry every day. So it works (laughs) out for me. We're going to get right into it. And talk to you about some movies and shows that are kind of in keeping with the season. So, Mary, why don't you start? So, our favorite movies for this season really have to do with food. And they have to do with family and getting together and holidays. And there's usually in the movies I watch some sort of love interest. It happens in the movies (laughs) and it doesn't. You know, whatever. This particular movie that I'm starting with, though, is a classic. One of my favorites. Give it up for You've Got Mail. A Nora Ephron joint, if I may. I wish I could. I wish I could do the AOL little. Don't they have a little sound? You've got mail. Oh, okay. But there's also a little, I don't know, never mind. Like a little... uh, A chimey thing. Yeah, Yeah. there is. Maybe I'll find it and insert it right here. I think you should. (laughs) I think you should. You've got mail. This movie is the third remake of a story. You might have heard of Shop Around the Corner. There Mm. were a couple of versions. There was one a million years ago with Judy Garland, and then there was one even before that in the old days. And I think it's from a story based on Miklos Laszlo. So that's probably not an American. American. Oh, so so this was not a fully original thing. No. The story of You Got Mail, which if we all love because it has America's sweethearts in it, Tom Hanks <laughs> and Meg Ryan, but in previous versions and the real basis for the foundation of the story is two folks that work together, really don't like each other, not uh-huh. big fans of each other, ends up they are actually deeply in love as pen pals. Yeah, that's, that's one of the tropes, isn't it, for romantic comedies? It's like they first hate each other and then... Yeah. I guess all the hatred is just passion that they don't know how to yeah. channel correctly. Because <laughs> you love what you hate and you hate what you love. You know how it is. But it's such a sweet, sweet story. Mm-hmm. And it's filled with New York. This movie is a love letter to New York. Is it real New York or is it Friends New York? <laughs> It's West Upper West Side, New York. So it's okay. not Friends, New York. Okay. It's Woody Allen's New York. Oh, okay, okay. It's not sitcom New yes. York. It's not Seinfeld that's, so that's one or Friends. Type of New York, yes. It's Upper West Side, it's brownstones, it's stairs, it's saxophones, it's <laughs> skylines, it's coffee shops. It's saxophones. It's saxophones because <laughs> it was what year was it? It was it was actually nineteen ninety eight, so it was on the tail end of the it saxophone. It was the tail end of the saxophone. Yeah. It was the saxophone swan song. It's yeah. like this is the last movie with a saxophone. They in can't it. help it. It's like Harry Connick? No, the guy after. You know, it's 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 those it's those songs. It's those... <laughs> yes. <laughs> the funny thing is that I've never seen this film. Oh my god! I've seen many Meg Ryan joints, many Tom Hanks joints. I mean, yeah. I saw Sleepers in Seattle. Well, this is that, but later. Yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> 
but it's the, it's the East Coast version of Sleepless in Seattle. It's the East Coast version. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that one's a little different, but that one's also Nora Ephron. Because if you let Nora Ephron near a movie, she's going to fix it in a way oh, that I'm Oh, I just love. love her so much. She's amazing. She did that movie Heartburn, which is one of my favorites with Meryl Streep and uh, what's his name? Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, I yeah. I love that movie. That movie just makes me emotional every single time I see it. it it's just so real. It's Guys, so you need to watch that if you've never seen it. But. Yeah. And there's a meal in that one, so we could, we could bundle <laughs> into this podcast topic umbrella. But back to you, yeah, Ben. Back to you've got mail. Oh, yes. this movie. This movie, it just starts and you're looking and you're watching. So apparently when I went to watch it the other day, I hadn't realized that I had previously started to watch it. So it was about 10 minutes in the movie. Okay. And I thought, I feel like something's missing. Like I started <laughs> it 10 minutes in. I'm like, the-, the, the fact that you didn't see any credits. Nothing. That, you know. No, it just starts. And Tom Hanks is walking with these two little kids. And I'm like, and you're like, oh. I don't remember it starting cold like that. What an abrupt beginning. What an, what an A24 opening. I don't remember that happening with Nora Ephron movies. And, it, and then I, after I finished it, I thought, let's go back and see. Because also he made some jokes that I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that reference. But I don't remember the basis for the reference that happens earlier. So I had to go back to the beginning and watch it again. And then right. I got a half an hour in. I said, what am I doing? And I had to stop it because I almost watched it twice. Oh. Who's got that kind of time? Nobody. No. But it's a beautiful love story. They are both well-to-do booksellers in New York City. That's right. She owns a charming, enchanting little bookshop that her mother – started for children on the Upper West Side called Shop Around the Corner, which is a direct ripoff of the name of the movie that was made oh. prior to this called The Shop Around the Corner. I like that Easter egg. Yeah. That That's was named great. With um, Van Johnson and Judy Garland. I and like It was that. a music store. They sold instruments and sheet ah. music and stuff. So there was singing because Judy Garland was in it. So in this one, you've got this bookseller, this charming little shop, and Gene Stapleton's her bookkeeper. Hello, what's going on? One of the guys from – what's the movie that Tom Hanks made about the band with the Wanderers? That thing you do. That thing you do, yeah. So one of the guys – Steve Zahn. The O'Neaters. Steve Zahn. The O'Neaters, yes. (laughs) And the gal who – hey, fans of movies that are fun who remember Miss Congeniality and Miss Congeniality 2. If you remember Miss Rhode Island who ended up being Miss America, this is one of her first roles. She's in this ah, movie as a brunette. Sandra Bullock. Uh, Sandra Bullock's uh, buddy oh. in those movies. Who's the buddy? Heather Burns. Her character's oh, name I is Christina. I don't know her. If you saw her face, you would know her. She's been in many things. As Mariah Carey would say, I, I don't know her. Oh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mariah Carey season coming up, so. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> She's crawling out of the sea right now, probably in Miami. Um, this, this movie is is delightful. Meg Ryan plays a character named Kathleen Kelly. Okay. And the fun little asides and comments they make are pure Nora Ephron. If you watch this movie just for Nora Ephron and her sister Delia's writing ability, mm. the snark, mm. the the out of nowhere comments. I mean, yeah. if you guys, you all. The writing is amazing. It is. It's like yeah. it's when Harry met Sally. You right. remember the things that came out of the mouth Absolutely. of his character, Billy Crystal's character. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. They're all clever. They're wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's not as off-putting as some of the things you watch now where the writers are lazy and every character has the same voice. These right. folks usually have a little bit more character mm-hmm. behind them. Mm-hmm. But but that flavor is there and it's delicious. And 
it, she loves her bookstore. She loves it. She, everything's going to be fine. And mm-hmm. then one day, Steve Zan's character is walking to work, and he notices the construction happening nearby that's been going on forever is not just a new store. It is a new Fox bookstore, which is basically a complete ripoff, including the pen and ink drawings of things mm-hmm. that were on the wall of Barnes & Noble when they yeah. first started opening up in the 90s, mm-hmm. and everybody was, ooh, how exciting. Right. It, it killed the small bookstore, though. It did. And that sucks, because small bookstores are great, and they should remain, and we yes. miss them. But this story is about that event happening but in the meantime the internet's new and everybody's starting to chat online and people wander into chat rooms and that's one of the ways that people met back then you'd go in a chat room and you'd see that there'd be private ways to chat in the rooms and people wander off and chat together and that's what happened to the two main characters in this movie they hit it off lo and behold it ends up being in real life they're they're sworn enemies and they do meet in real life tom hanks discovers who kathleen kennedy is she's not just shop girl she's the owner of the bookstore and he finds out in real life because they plan to meet in real life and then he goes and finds out who it is and they're just this conglomerate that goes around swallowing up little bookstores right so hilarity ensues and miscommunications happen and uh, misunderstandings and it's great and it's New York and it's music and it's leaves that are changing and then it's Christmas and they're singing around a piano it's well written it's funny it feels good you can walk away and come back to it if you're doing something you could put it on in the background when you're making your holiday meal Mm-hmm. You'll feel better if oh, you good. do that. This is a much better movie than some of the other choices. Right. This is a feel-good movie. It takes me to a very happy place. It ends wonderfully happy. You want to see more, which movies always do. Right. It's like it ends so beautifully. If you haven't seen it, you should. You've enticed me to watch it, really. It's, it's good. Yeah. And if you like Sleepless in Seattle and When Harry Met Sally, right, yeah. this is it. Well, that sounds good. All right, guys. I've got something that's a little unusual. It is food-related, but it's a documentary. And it's on HBO Max. And well, first, before I tell you what it's called, I want you to imagine going into a restaurant, a really, really huge restaurant, almost cafeteria style, Uh right? But really, it's a giant vending machine. What? Do you remember the automat? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. The automat, for you guys who don't know what it is, is a restaurant where the walls are just lined with cubicles, glass-covered cubicles with coin slots next to them where you can put in money and get whatever's in the little cubicle, right? Yeah. So we're talking a cafeteria-style building that's beautiful, Art Deco, chandeliers, and you walk in, you need nickels, lots of nickels. So funny. So you go to the nickel girl. (laughs) <laughs> and the nickel girl is sitting there behind, you know, plexiglass yeah. and you give her your dollars and she just is slinging nickels at you because <laughs> nickels. <It sounds> like- <laughs> yes, because these automats began in 1902. Sure. And how it yeah. began, there were these two restaurateurs who were partners. They went to Germany and saw that in Germany they had what they called automatic restaurants, oh. which were based on a pulley system. So you would place your order and your food would come up to you. It was almost like a dumbwaiter system. Oh, that's fun. Yes, but then it evolved into more like a vending machine where they had these cylinder drums behind the walls. Yes. And each drum had little cubicles or little spaces where they can put food. Yeah. But they were done in such a way that some of the cubicles were refrigerated. Some of them were... Hot. 
hot to wow. keep food warm. Yeah. And the food that you could eat, I mean, they were really known for their wonderful pies. And they had all kinds of pie, like any variety of pie you can think of. But also their hot food, Salisbury steak, cream spinach, hey. macaroni and cheese. Home-cooked comfort food. Home-cooked comfort food, like yeah. mashed potatoes, cold sandwiches, anything like that. Fried chicken? I'm not sure about the fried chicken. They didn't mention huh. that. but um, Maybe not. They must have had other kinds of meats besides Salisbury steak, I'm thinking. I hope so. I do remember people talking about the pies when I was growing up. Yes, the pie was the big thing. Yeah. So these stores proliferated in New York City over decades. Yeah. From the early 1900s. The last one closed in 1991. So it was a long 91. time. I know. And the last one was on 42nd and 3rd. Wow. Okay. And that was the showcase one. Yeah. And that one closed in 1991. Wow. But all through those years, it was such an American, well, it was such a New York thing, really, but it had an American spirit behind it because the people who frequented these restaurants were of every class. They were rich people. They were poor people. It was very democratic and mm. no one was turned away. Wow. All you needed were nickels. It's amazing. So you, you had these Broadway stars, like after the show, would go to the automat. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you had just normal people or people who are maybe down on their luck go into the automat. There were there were people behind the walls making the food yeah. and putting them on plates and putting them in the cubicles. You know, to me, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. And every few feet, there would be a spout coming out of the wall that had a beautiful brass spigot that was in the shape of a dolphin or something like that. And all you had to do is put your two nickels in and. Uh, pull up the toggle and you would get fresh, wonderful coffee. Oh. And it was it was really tasty, delicious French pressed coffee wow. that they got from New Orleans. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So this is a really, really great documentary that goes through the rise and fall of it. And there are famous people who are in the documentary, many of whom are not with us anymore. So oh. the, the documentarium got them just in time. Good. But Mel Brooks was oh. a major part of this documentary. He literally helped the woman who made the documentary make it by giving him tips. Oh. And she starts the documentary off with him talking about what she needed to do. Well, I think you need to talk to so-and-so and so-and-so. And you need to... Oh. And he was telling her that he loved... He grew up in Brooklyn in Williamsburg. Mm -hmm. 1926 is when he was born. So he went to the Automat all the time. And it was part of his childhood and part of his memories. And it's very special to him. Oh. Yes. He said they were insane centers of paradise. I like that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. yeah, me too. And the thing that's great about it, like I said, they were really decorated beautifully. Yeah. And also the thing that was great, you didn't have to tip anybody. <laughs> yeah, there's no one serving you. You didn't need to speak English. No. So it's great for the immigrants who were coming over. No words. You just saw the food. Absolutely. It was in there. You had some nickels. Yeah. You put the nickels in. You're good to go. Oh, man. And Mel Brooks, <laughs> he's so funny. Mel Brooks wrote an original song about the automat for this documentary. Just for the documentary? Just for the documentary. Oh. And they have it at the end. I have to watch this. So you really need to watch this. It's on HBO Max. Some of the people in it, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's in it? She's, yeah. Oh, this they feels like a her. place she would go. Yeah, absolutely. Colin Powell. Wow. Know? Yes. Um, what a New York Elliot thing. Gould, the actor Elliot Gould, Love who him. used to be a Broadway actor back yeah. in the day and who used sure. to go to the automat all the time. Wow. You had uh, Carl Reiner, oh, who is the pioneer of television 
television comedy. All my um, heroes. Yes. All my heroes. So you're going to love it. I know you're going to love this one. Well, you one. know I am. It sounds like a love letter to New York. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, it was fascinating to see how it began and what ended up happening as the stores were closing, they got converted to Burger Kings. So oh, if you go into God. New York and you see a Burger King building, it was probably an automat before. I'm so sad. <laughs> I know. I know. Home of the Wappa. <laughs> <laughs> Have it your way. Oh. Yeah, so that's my choice. That was a good one. Yeah, thank you. Well, keeping in the food theme. Yes. There's a fun little thing that happened recently. Everybody got excited about a lady who used to be on TV a long time ago. She had a funny voice. People made fun of her. You may have remembered Dan Aykroyd doing an impression of her on Sign Out. Oh, yeah. Julia Child. Woo, Julia Child. Julia Child comes around once in a while. You may remember the movie that came out in 2009 called Julia and Julia. I remember that. I watched it. I liked it. It's a great movie. It made me want to cook. It was a great idea that she had to just do a blog where every day she tries a dish. A different recipe. uh, Yeah. From Mastering the Art of French Cooking, which Julia Child put out. Julia Child, just to go back a little bit, she was an American gal who was growing up, I believe, I want to say. She was an American girl. (laughs) She wasn't French, which is what people expected. People hear the French chef or Mastering the Art of French Cooking, they're expecting to see maybe a man in a ratatouille hat. (laughs) Ratatouille. With a rat underneath. I mean, a rat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat. <laughs> mispronounced that thing. So that was a problem for her, wasn't it? When she went to France, they were like, what are you doing here? Yeah, and plus she want? was a woman, so. Yeah, and if yeah. you watch the movie Julie and Julia, you would know that history of how she went to the Cordon Bleu and said, I'm taking a class. And they said, but you're a woman. Yeah. And she said, uh-huh. She was the tallest one in there. Yeah, she's really she tall. She practiced. She did what she learned. She learned so much. And it wasn't just putting extra butter on everything. There's there's an art to cooking. Oh, hells yeah. Yeah. Because some people think, oh, it's just a lot of butter. I'm like, no. What? No. no. It's very hard. It's intricate. It is. There's wine. <laughs> there, it's it's just delicious. And like the automat, yes. the cooking that she did mm-hmm. was the kind of stuff that just made you feel safe. Oh, yeah. You know? And I got to tell you, the movie Julie and Julia mm-hmm. is a delight. It was in 2009. It featured Meryl Streep and Amy yes. Adams as the characters. And the main character, Julie, is a woman who was a copy editor, writer, kind of lady who does a blog and has another job, but her dream is to be a writer. Mm-hmm. And she figures blogging is a good way to start. And she starts blogging every single day. She's going to make one recipe every day from mastering the art of French cooking. Her family and friends are like, what are you doing? Huh? And her husband's like, I'm just going to go buy Tums. You go for it. And he did. <laughs> and they took Tums because hard work. There were challenges along the way. And at one point, people heard about it. And even Julia Child heard about it. Right. And what's fun about the movie is it's one of those parallel stories. You're going back and forth between Julie doing this quest of making one recipe a day and hitting the challenges that she hits. And then you're also seeing a parallel story of Meryl Streep and Stanley Tucci playing Julia Child and her husband. Stanley Tucci. Their love story and little vignettes from their life and what they did and how they had challenges in their life and how they met. And her sister is played by Jane Lynch. And, you know, Meryl Streep's got some high, weird shoes on because she is not as tall. Oh, definitely. Julia Child was known for being very tall. Oh, definitely. They had to raise the counter tops Mm -hmm. so she wouldn't hurt her back. But the movie Julie and Julia is delightful and fun and Mm -hmm. awesome. I recommend it just for the cooking even. But it leads into something that came out last 
last year, okay. which was a wonderful series called Julia. Mm-hmm. Julia is a limited series, and it stars Sarah Lancashire and David High Pierce, who you'll remember as Niles from oh, Frasier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And B.B. Newworth is in it, too, who you remember as Lilith, who was married to Frasier. Screens on screens on screens. There it is. And it's a wonderful, wonderful miniseries about how Julia Child started her TV series on PBS. And it was in Boston, and it's fun, and there's lots of challenges there, and I highly recommend this as well. And they're nice companion pieces. It makes you just want to make a big beef stew or beef bourguignon. It's oh, fantastic. I like, I, I, I like that. I like your choices. Those oh, are good. Thank you. I, yes. enjoyed, I enjoyed being able to talk about them because they really go together well. Yeah. We'll be right back. Do you have a question for Mary and Jay? Would you like to hear a podcast episode on your favorite show or movie or any related topic? Email screens on screens on screens at gmail.com for full satisfaction. That's screens on screens on screens at gmail.com for full satisfaction. I'm Canadian. Okay, guys, we're switching gears Uh because I'm dark. There's this anthology series on Hulu called Into the Dark. Where do you find these things? Where do you find them? Is it on the dark web? No. Do you find them? No. And these are little horror movies. I had no idea that Blumhouse, who is known for horror movies, they're, yeah. yeah, they have a TV subsidiary. I don't know what you'd call it. It's called Blumhouse TV. Yeah. And this Into the Dark anthology, there are little horror movies that pertain to holidays. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, so you'll have one about Independence Day or Valentine's Day or Christmas. So the one I watched, of course, was about Thanksgiving, and it's called Pilgrim. (laughs) (laughs) And it must be pronounced that way. Pilgrim. (laughs) So. Oh, no. (laughs) This movie takes place during Thanksgiving time, of course, and it's about this teenager named Cody. She's probably 17, some 18 maybe. She's living with her father, her little brother, who's probably about 10. He's so cute. And her stepmother. Clearly, she has a problem with her stepmother. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? This family could use a little work. The father is obsessed with his job. He looks at his devices constantly, even at dinner time. Oh, no, no. And Cody has a problem with the stepmother. The stepmother decides that she would like to have a special Thanksgiving that will um, bring the family together, she decides to hire pilgrim reenactors who will reenact the first Thanksgiving at their house. Sounds like a bad idea. Sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. So these are actors. They come to the house a couple of days early. Uh Uh-oh. The stepmother is having a little soiree with her friends and knock on the door, and there's this man dressed from head to toe as a pilgrim. Hat and all. So weird. And this woman, dressed head to toe, standing next to him. Cody is like, what is going on? Because the mother didn't tell anybody. It was a surprise. (laughs) And Cody is really being disrespectful, like totally disrespectful. Like she's constantly cursing, F this, F that, and blah, 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 right? Love it. So they're trying to be gracious to Cody. Sure. You know, because they're pilgrims. Yeah. They're Puritans. They believe in the good book. Yeah, they were, and they're pretty, they're not looking for trouble. They don't know what conflict is. They're not looking for trouble. They're not looking to invade another's land and steal their, anyway. So, (laughs) so... The 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 uh, the mother's like, oh, okay, you're here early. Um, they have to stay at the house. Okay, another red flag. That's awkward. So the the male pilgrim stays at their house. The female pilgrim goes over to a friend's of the stepmother's house. Okay, to stay there and to help out over there. That's good. These people never break character. Quality acting. 
So to make a long story short, (laughs) these pilgrims are constantly talking to them about being grateful. You must be grateful Uh for the things that you have. Mm. So at first it's congenial. Uh But then as time goes by, they're very adamant that you're grateful. Like they're very intense about it to the point where it's like they seem enraged about this gratitude thing. As time goes by, more pilgrims come to the house. Why are all of these pilgrims coming to the house? I didn't hire all of these pilgrims. Uh-oh. There's probably 15 at by the time things get really intense and they're building things on the grounds of the house. They're building structures. Like oh. the first structure that Cody sees is this outbuilding that's like a wooden outbuilding, like a shed. Uh-oh. And she's like, did you just build that overnight? Like, what, what's going on? Seems harmless enough. It's a little shed. We want this to be an authentic experience, the jerky, right? The jerky building. But after a while, there are other structures that are very questionable looking. They look like torture devices. <laughs> <laughs> Over in the corner, there are stocks. What's going on? Oh, uh, no. I'm trying to keep it authentic, right? Oh, yeah, no, no, it's, no. Well, this is a, a movie that gets very gory, but it's also very tongue in cheek. Uh, Let me give you an example. One of the lines is, did we just murder as a family? (laughs) (laughs) I can get behind that. I like I like that. I like that. that. So there's humor in it. There's humor. There's humor. I mean, it diffuses it some of the stuff that's going on to me is just hilarious. The lines they say. And also they try to make it scarier by the way they, they do the shots. Like they'll they'll can't the camera oh, sideways. Yeah. You know, they'll do like up shots, little things like that. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. But it, it's kind of gory. I think that's Blum's flavor, though. Yes. I think that's what yes. they do because I watched a little bit of one of their series. Yeah. So it's it's the kind of thing, you know, if you're with a adults and you know, you've just finished Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. it might be fun to watch it together instead of football. Oh, well. I don't know. For me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to throw in something a little unusual that was about the season. Yeah. I just thought it was a fun find. So, And what's it called again? Into it's called the Into the Dark Pilgrim. So Into the Dark is the anthology series. So right. you'll see different uh, installments. Yeah. But this one is called Pilgrim, and it came out in 2019. And have you watched any of the, like, the Blumhouse, like, House on Haunted something? No, I literally, I mean, I know I keep saying this and people don't believe me, but I don't really like being super scared to the point where I can't sleep. But this movie did not do that. It was funny. It was hilarious. Like, I was just laughing. You know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, the movie I mentioned in our Halloween episode, The Amish Witches. Yes. But it's a little bit better than that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this sounds fun. I'm definitely, I'm going to check it out. Cause first I was like, check it out, and then you can tell me if it's too scary or not. But I will, yeah, because neither one of us are ever going to do that Ryan Murphy world of. Um, not really. I, I find him scary. Like I don't want to go there. It's a little and, too scary. A little bit for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a bundle of a couple of movies yeah. that I want to suggest bundle, as bundle, well. Bundle, bundle, bundle. I, uh, as you said, you went off the path a bit. I think I went. I think I'm literally riding in the middle of the road. Okay. <laughs> let's see what you got. I think I find comfort in the safe choices. Okay. And I think you agree with me that one of the best movies ever made came out in 1982 and it starred a slew of our favorite actors. And the soundtrack is one of the best in history. I know which one you're talking about. The Big Chill. The Big Chill. It's one of your favorites. It's a classic. It is. It's one of my favorites. It's uh, been a family classic in my family yeah. forever. It was a classic before they started calling like Ferris Bueller and the Big Chill classics. Right. And I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. 
It has the best soundtrack. It has the best actors. It has an amazing soundtrack. It does. Anybody who's listening who hasn't seen that movie, because maybe you weren't born yet. Shame on you. You should definitely see it because, um, <laughs> well, if they were, you know, if they were in their mother's womb. It's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But um, it's a tent pole, a cultural tent pole, so... You should definitely put it on your list. But go is, ahead. It's great. So that's one of my favorites. I wanted to add that because it doesn't matter what season it is. That should be watched. It doesn't. But it is in the fall, though. And it has a Thanksgiving feel to yeah. it. Yeah. It goes along with our theme just moment. fine. Yeah. That's right. The the, the playing yeah. football outdoors is yeah. the constant trope of these. And you know how it would, you always in the back of your head you think it would be fun to go with some friends and go on a vacation? Don't do that. Just watch this. This is, <laughs> this is how it should be. There's a little bit of conflict, but there's a lot of music and a lot of love. Oh, and a there's lot a of, lot of music. Reconciliation and, and humor and talks. It's and about grief, you know. One of my favorite yeah. topics. Yeah. It's all human stuff. Yeah. That's good. Centered around uh, people so coming together. So funny. So, such funny lines. The writing. Yeah. The, the man in the, I think the man in the hat did something terrible. Yeah, I know. I'll never forget that. Yeah, yeah. Lines that like, people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I can't be friends with you. Yeah. You don't know the lines. Yeah. Okay, a couple other movies I want to suggest. Home for the Holidays, 1995. That's an overlap. I saw that yesterday. Oh! Well, it's not an overlap because I haven't probably watched it in 10 or 15 years. Yeah. I'm going to let you talk about that one. And my other one is a series that I recommend, if you like food, The Great British Bake Off. Oh, yeah. I, there's like 87 seasons. Yeah. I didn't put that on my list because I knew we would overlap. But, yeah, oh, yeah. it's wonderful. It's it's one it of the is. best cooking shows because, first of all, the things they make are just so delectable. And I like watching people make food. Yeah. But also, these are nice people. This is a competition show, but these people are actually nice and help each other. Because they're British. Because they're British. If it were American, it would be like, oh. it's on like Donkey Kong. Oh, they'd be, yeah. When one of them falls on the floor and cries because yes. something fell in the oven. Yes. The others come over and help. Absolutely. The hosts put their hand over the camera. Yeah. So that they don't They will actually, someone. if somebody is behind and someone finished, oh, how can I help you? That kind of thing. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And I, I like I like the season with the comedians that were made early on. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, them. The, well, the women. Yeah. Those yeah. two gals. Yeah. I think they're a delight. And yeah. then later on, some fellas came on board. Yeah. And they're funny, too. And yeah. a lot of the judges stay on. Uh, it's just fun. It's just one fun. of the hosts is someone who was in one of my favorite British sitcoms called The IT Crowd. Oh. Screens on screens on screens. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. He was in that. So I love that. It's a great show. Yeah. So that was that was my bundle and now okay. I want to hear your bundle. Oh my gosh. I think I have a large bundle. Good. Well, I wanted to talk about like Water for Chocolate. This movie uh, was from 1992. It's a Mexican film based on the magical realism novel of Laura Esquivel. Oh. And you can watch it on Pluto TV, which is free. I think I watched something on Pluto TV. Yeah. If you have a smart TV, you can get the app and it's free. You just have to put up with some commercials. If you don't want to put up with commercials, you can rent it for $2.99 on Prime Video. But it's a movie that is really a classic and it takes place in the late 1800s or early 1900s in Mexico. And it's about Tita, who is the third-born daughter of a really stern ranch-owning mother who has this tradition where the last-born daughter has to renounce ever getting married or ever having a family of her own so that she can take care of the mother until the day the mother dies. 
which is really not fair. And of course, Tita falls in love with a beautiful man who falls in love with her and he wants to marry her, but she is forbidden to do so. She has a family obligation. And this is really horrible. Her mother, who was really, really mean in the movie, offered the older sister to this guy. Oh. For marriage. Oh, no, no, no. And guess what the guy does? Uh, Sleeps with everybody? No. (laughs) He says yes so that he can be near Tita. Oh, my God. So you can imagine the drama that ensues because they're all living in this big ranch house. No. Now, Tita is in charge of cooking all the food in the ranch, and she becomes very, really, really good at cooking. And here's where the magical realism part comes. Whatever she's feeling while she's cooking comes out in the food. Ooh. So they made her make the wedding cake for her sister and this guy. You can imagine the heartache, right? Yeah. She cries into the batter. Oh, gosh. So when everyone eats the delicious cake, everyone succumbs to this horrible sadness yearning for a lost love. Wow. And they're crying. So this movie is filled with that. It's filled with her making food and it's filled with the effects that it has on people because of how she feels. It's a wonderful movie. I love this. Yes. I love this. I love that story. It's one of those movies that's been on my list for years and I didn't know what it was about. Yes. But I've seen the title for years and now I need to watch it. You will love this movie. I guarantee it. You know A great companion piece Mm -hmm. is Chocolat. Oh, I know that one. From 2000, starring Juliette Binoche and Johnny Depp. Love it. A French woman and her daughter move into this small rural village in France Mm -hmm. and open up a chocolate shop. And it shakes up the town because the town is very rigid and kind of run by this very rigid, austere pastor who doesn't let them do anything. It's a great movie. And then you bring this chocolate into that town? What are you doing? What are you doing? It's a great movie with a lot of joy. And the thing that I remember most about the movie, food-wise, is the chili powder in the hot chocolate. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Oh, and I forgot Dame Judi Dench is in it, too. Yes. That's really good. That's one of my classics I need to watch again. It's one of those movies I love, and I haven't watched it enough. Yes. Here's one, especially for Mary. Ooh. It's a new show on HBO Max. It is? It's called... Called the Big Brunch. And guess who is the producer and host? My boy. Daniel Levy. Have you seen it? I saw a commercial and I got very excited. So it's basically a competition show where these chefs are offered a chance to win $300,000 at the end of it, which is a lot of money because most of these competition shows, maybe they give you 10 grand. Yeah. This is 300,000. You could start a restaurant. That's why they're doing it. They want to help these chefs uh, start their own businesses. So they're basically doing all kinds of things for brunch and they're given challenges. Daniel Levy is is our Jesus. (laughs) Now in our time, well, maybe just me. And and it's a great (laughs) show because they have a bar, you know, so there's a bartender who makes special drinks for them while they're waiting for the chefs to finish their masterpieces. That feels like you might have have taken that from Andy Cohen's Screens on Screens on Screens. Oh, okay. From the show that that he has called um, Watch What Happens Live. Watch What Happens Live. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they uh, they always have – because many different people end up being bartenders on there. But Ah. that's a lie. And also, I mean, they've done that on other shows. It's kind of like having a DJ. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. I love the idea of having one in a cooking show, though. It yes, makes sense. I love it. So that's a great show to try, guys. Thank you. Um, that is for me. Big Night, which is from yeah. 1996. Wait, now, isn't, isn't Stanley Tucci in there? Stanley Tucci. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley Tucci, Tony Shalhoub from oh, Monk yes. Fame. Oh, screens him. on screens on screens. And, and also the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> so basically it's New Jersey in the 1950s. Yes. These two brothers, 
straight off the boat from Italy, open up a restaurant. Yeah. The food that they make is authentic Italian food and it's delicious food. But right across the street, there's a restaurant that is an Italian American style of restaurant. Mm-hmm. So basically they're serving things like spaghetti and meatballs, yeah. you know, while our guys are serving risotto like and fish. all kinds of things. Right. Yeah. So the Italian American style restaurant is the restaurant that's doing all the business. Mm-hmm. They can't get anyone in there. They can't. No. They can't pay anyone to come into their restaurant. No. So the two brothers fight because Stanley Tucci's character wants them to dumb down the menu. Uh-uh. And Tony Shalhoub's character is like, no way. So in order to try to save this restaurant, they plan this wonderful many course feast for one night where they will have this Italian American singer who was famous at the time. His name was Louis Prima. Yeah. They're going to have him come and that's going to make everybody come and it's going to put them on the map or will it? I don't know. That's the question. You got to watch it. You got to watch it and find out. It feels so almost like it's akin to Babette's Feast screens. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Just that one part of the story. Right. uh, Absolutely. The big feast with the multiple, like we're going all out. We're spending all of our money on this. We're taking this risk right here. I got to watch that again. Yes. Love it. And and the thing that's great too, the scenes where they're making the food, it sticks with you. It's just so compelling to watch. I love it. Whenever anything hits the uh, steam and hot frying pan, I just love that sound. Right. I love watching them fashioning homemade pasta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. All right, guys. This is going to be, I don't know if it's weird, (laughs) the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh. It is a tradition and it is something that's great to have on while you're making your traditional cinnamon buns or stuffing your turkey or whatever you're doing, right? When Thanksgiving comes around, I religiously watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I gotta. Because they've got uh, Broadway show performances. They have wonderful balloons, of course. They have performances from marching bands and they have singers on floats. I I took the the time to find out what the lineup was for this year. Oh my God. Every year in the New York Times, you'd open it and you'd see the lineup the week before and you get all excited. Absolutely. Who's coming this year? All right. So Broadway show performances, we got Funny Girl. Yeah. We got A Beautiful Noise. Oh, yeah. The Neil Diamond Musical. So everyone's probably going to be singing Sweet Caroline. I think so. Yeah. The Lion King, Akuna Matata. Really? Yes. Oh, that's huge. That's going to be good. It's going to be very beautiful. And Some Like It Hot. Is there a Some Like It Hot Broadway show right now? Oh, I'm so excited. Right. Also, performances by Gloria Estefan, Joss Stone, Jordan Sparks, Ziggy Marley, some boy band making a comeback called Big Time Rush. Never heard of them. They had about a three minute. uh, They were on Nickelodeon or something. Sounds familiar. Yeah. And yeah. other people I've never heard of. I always enjoy, uh, like, the names of the float. Like, it would be like, oh, yeah. on the Goodyear tire float. I know. What? Some of the floats that they have are, like, um, the Wonder Bread float. They're going to yeah. have a Wonder Bread float. It's like, the Wonder Bread still exists. The like, sponsors I don't even are know. so weird. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who's eating Wonder Oh, I bread? think there's, like, an Olay, like, Oil of Olay float. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, and, then there's, and then there's just, of course, the stores and stuff. You know, right. Have those. Yeah. But uh, the best part's the balloons. Oh. Okay, here are the balloons. Here we go. The BBC's pup called Bluey. Oh, I hear so much about yeah. that. That's a great show. I want to start Ronald McDonald for some strange the reason. The clown from the McDonald's? Yes, yes. People still go to McDonald's? Yes, they, they do. do. They're okay. still here, yeah. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Oh, that's cool. He's always whinging. <laughs> 
Stuart the Minion. The Minions have names? <laughs> yes. Stuart? But it's specifically Stuart. Stuart that's the a Minion. Little, that's a little inside baseball. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob well, a SquarePants. A staple. A staple. Astronaut Snoopy. <laughs> oh, I love Astronaut Snoopy. I like Astronaut Snoopy. The Pillsbury Doughboy. Which always looks like the thing from Ghostbusters. Yes, I thought yeah. that too. That's the Stay Puff guy. Stay Puff yeah. And Groku. I don't know what that is. Ada Twist Scientist. I don't know what that is. Etc. So for me, the best part is Santa arriving at the end. That to me is the best part because it officially ushers in the Christmas season. And they tell you that when you're watching And it. they tell you that. Yeah. And the credits are rolling, but he's standing there and the song is playing and, and uh, he's waving and he's going ho, ho, ho. And he's he's like touching his belly and, yeah. j- you know, jiggling his yeah. belly. That moment that's yes, etched in. Yes, I love that moment. That yeah. is the best moment. That's when yeah. Christmas starts and you love Christmas. I I love Christmas. Christmas is my time. I'm going to love it this year. Oh, good. You got to make yourself love it. Well, I think you know why I you watch... have to. You know why you have to. Tell me why I have to do something. Because <laughs> our, uh, our all of our podcasting episodes in December are going to be Christmas <laughs> stuff. You've got to. It's and gonna, I will. You're gonna. It's going to happen. I'm going to go and find my inner elf, and I'm going to be very, very happy about it. And I will love Christmas this year. And I think I'm going to kick it off by just watching some more movies. But a lot of the ones you recommended today, yes, I got so many great recommendations from yes, you. Yes, I hope that all of you guys who are listening write, you know, just write down all of these titles that we gave you because yeah. they're worth it, I'd say. And we appreciate you. So thank you so much for listening and yeah. we can't wait until next time. Oh my God, happy holiday season. Oh, that's right. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Green on screen on